Welcome to the Holistic Ease Podcast. I am your host, Erin Oberlander, Certified Holistic Aromatherapist, Herbalist, Holistic Health Expert, and Modern Homesteader. This podcast is where you can come to learn and be inspired about a wide variety of topics, all related to holistic lifestyle. Drawing upon ancient wisdom from Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, modern sciences, as well as the art of aromatherapy, we start to connect more deeply with our innate wisdom and our inner voice. Nutrition, essential oils, herbs, spirituality and faith, movement, seasonal living, permaculture, and an occasional digression into the land of the weird and funny, all these things we candidly and honestly discuss here. Why? Because I believe it shouldn't be hard to live a life closer to the cycles of nature that improves your quality of life, health, and relationships. So come along with me and let's learn together how to live a holistic lifestyle with ease. Hey friends, welcome back. I am super excited to be introducing to you what I think is gonna be a six part series all about why you should care about the seasons. So if you don't know a lot about my work, one of the things that I do in terms of holistic lifestyle is teach people seasonal living. This is a term that I have given to sort of umbrella all of the different things that I do in my practice, all of the different things that I do with my clients, the different things that I teach in my courses. Really, at the end of the day, that can all be boiled down into the idea of seasonal living. So whether we are taking a cue from looking outside and seeing what nature is doing, we're learning about Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, we're looking at aromatherapy, which is very, very connected to seasonal things, or we are just trying to figure out some basic lifestyle hacks, such as when do I take this supplement, why do I do this form of exercise, and when, and so on and so forth. All of those things really boil down to the idea of seasonal living. Even those of us that are interested in something like permaculture or home canning or preservation, all of those things run on the clock of the year, right? The wheel of the year. And when we learn how to plug into the wheel of the year and look at what it teaches us, we find that there is layer upon layer upon layer of leverage for us in terms of how we can live our lifestyle, how we can make things work more smoothly in our life, where we can create leverage. And so the first thing that you need to understand before you even learn the how is you need to know the why. You need to know why seasonal living is so important, why you in particular need to care about the seasons instead of just going about your life like every single day is the same and then sort of noticing the weather changing or sort of noticing when you're hot or when you're cold you can actually learn to embody your life in a fuller extent and really start to plug into all of the different forms of goodness there are for you in this reality in this existence that we're in together when you learn to pay more attention to the seasons and what they are showing us and what they're teaching us. So today I wanted to talk to you about why you should care about the seasons in terms of your health. Okay, so this is something that I think everybody can relate to. It doesn't matter if you're a person struggling with like multiple conditions, syndromes, diseases, or if you're a person that's generally healthy, 
all of us are looking to age more gracefully. All of us are looking to stay as healthy as we are, to not get any more unhealthy, and hopefully to increase our, our health quotient is kind of how I like to look at that. So health quotient to me is just like looking across the, the cross-section of your life in all of the different areas of health that we have, whether it's physical health, it's mental health, it's social health, so on and so forth. So today I'm going to be focusing mostly on physical health, a little bit on mental health and why you should care about the seasons. So when we start to pay attention to the seasons, we start to notice that nature is not the same every day. We start to notice that in spring, there's completely different things going on outside in terms of what the birds are doing, what the plants are doing, what the sky is doing what the weather is doing. We start to notice that the sun feels differently in February as compared to how it feels in August as compared to how it feels in December. And all of these things are gifts and all of these things are clues to us. Now, when we look at traditions that have been around longer than our current one. So I'm going to say right now we're in a very science-based tradition. We feel that we need to have empirical evidence to prove everything that we would do or not do in our life. Now, I love science. I, I am the type of person that will sit around and read medical journals just for fun because I think there's so many amazing innovations happening and I honor all of the things that science is teaching us right now. But one of the things that I also feel very strongly about is that there's more than one way of knowing. There is also a side of us that is intuitional that we have lost touch with for a variety of reasons. We've lost touch with it because of just so many distractions in the world right now and so many extra demands on us that humans have never had before. Humans have never had to pay attention to a smartphone all day long before. <laughs> um, but it also is happening because we've become so disconnected from nature and from the things that actually sustain human life. You know, back in the day, we used to have to subsist off of the land. We had to pay so close attention to things like weather, to things like, um, you know, different weather patterns, to things like when is the equinox and the solstice to know when to plant, to know when to harvest, and so on and so forth. Now those things don't really seem to matter to us, although our needs are still fundamentally the same. We need shelter, we need water, we need food, we need air. So when we think about where those things actually come from, they're still coming from the earth. We just don't think about that anymore. We're so disconnected from that process. And what has resulted from that? And tell me if you can relate to this. We do feel an innate sense of disconnection. And a lot of us are talking right now about this being disconnection from each other, as in disconnection from community, disconnection from authentic connection with other humans. And I think that that is very true and it's very valid. But what I personally believe is underneath that is disconnection from ourselves, disconnection from our inner voice, from our inner knowing, something that humans have not just wanted to trust, but have had to trust for survival for thousands and thousands of years is that innate 
intuition about what's going on in my environment, actually paying attention to my environment because my, my survival depends upon that paying attention to my environment because the survival of my family or my tribe or my clan depends upon that. So how do we get back to a greater sense of connection and why is that important? When we're disconnected from nature, we're disconnected from the thing that actually sustains us. We have shut off that inner voice, that inner knowing. Because we think that science is the only answer, but what we don't understand is that science and intuition can work together to really find us some great answers. We find that we are walking through our lives without a sense of purpose. We are walking through our lives in a sense of ennui, in a sense of angst, in a sense of like knowing that something's not right. We are disconnected from knowing who we really are at our core. And also because of that, knowing how to really connect with each other, with nature, and with the divine, whatever that means to you. Now, I grew up in a faith tradition that was Christian, and I did go to college, and I got lots of degrees. <laughs> um, and one of those degrees was kind of a mini theology degree. And what we learned in that degree is that that God, whatever, however you want to define that for you, for me, I define that as the Christian God, but God has revealed God's self in nature first. That is how God revealed God's qualities, God's characteristics, uh, sense of creativity, and so on and so forth to us as humans. We learn that first from nature. After that is special revelation, which is book learning, <laughs> really, when it comes down to it. But I can see a parallel there between where we are right now in society because we have become disconnected from nature and we've become so dependent on book learning that honestly I think that if a book said something that's very contrary to obvious things happening in nature that we would still believe the book because there is supposedly a scientific study that said that thing. And so our disconnection has left us with a poverty of spirit and a poverty in our bodies. We are, we are, um, I see us becoming deficient. Yes, we are becoming deficient nutritionally. There's lots of scientific studies to prove that, but I think a lot of us feel it in our bodies too. We are depleted, we are tired, we're fatigued, we're stressed to the max, and yet we're not finding the quality of life that we were hoping for. You know, we think that working harder making more money is going to somehow bring us that happiness and yet we feel more disconnected, we feel less healthy, we feel more stressed out, we feel more angsty. And even beyond that, those big questions in life about our purpose, about what we're here to do, about our mission, about how to raise our kids, like those big hard questions are even harder for us to answer than they've ever been, even though we have more information than we've ever had. So going back to what I was saying a moment ago, there are some traditions that exist on this planet that have remained relatively unbroken. They have not been completely destroyed, and the wisdom within them remains intact. And this is why, even though it is not my ethnicity to go to Chinese medicine or to go to Ayurveda, this is one of the reasons why I go to these traditions, because they have remained relatively unbroken throughout 
thousands and thousands of years of successful use, right? So people would not still be going to a traditional Chinese medicine doctor for herbs and acupuncture if there was no help to be found in those things. A person would not be going into Ayurveda and learning their constitution type and learning their, learning how to work with their body if there wasn't some value to that. After thousands and thousands of years, those traditions wouldn't exist if they were total quackery, right? We can also look at the indigenous traditions. So I live here in the United States, but there's indigenous people all over the world. There's even indigenous people where my ancestors came from in Scandinavia. Those people tend to have not completely lost their touch, their connection with nature and with the divine. Now, it's been destroyed intentionally in many, many cases. But what I think is really exciting is that I'm seeing so much reclamation of that by those people. And I'm seeing so many people coming alongside and starting to advocate for that. And I love, love, love that. So <clears throat> as I learn, usually from a distance, from people that are in those ind indigenous traditions, wherever they may be, there is still a sense of connection that we do get our substance and our source from nature and that because of that we need to be in relationship and connection to nature and it doesn't need to be in this woo-woo way it's just an honest assessment that this is where our food comes from this is where our air comes from this is where our shelter this is literally where everything comes from that we need to exist as a human so this is why you need to care about the seasons, okay? If you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling unhealthy, if you're feeling less than vibrant, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're feeling like you're not getting the answers to the questions that you need, this is where seasonal living and seasonal lifestyle and reconnecting to that can really, really change and shift things for you. It is not a platitude. It's not just decorating your house for a holiday, okay? It is actually on a very foundational DNA level, rewiring your body back to how humans were intended to live. Now, does that mean we eschew all modern technology? No, I love modern technology. I'm using it right now as a tool to bring you this information, but we don't have to be its slave either. And we also don't have to be the slave of every single scientific study that comes out and thinking that science is the only way that we feed our souls and is the only way that we keep our bodies healthy because people have been doing keeping themselves healthy for much longer than the current the current era that we're living in so that none of that is to demonize any particular one of those tools or things or viewpoints or perspectives all of that is to say that as a holistic lifestyle we can actually bring all of these things together. And this is what I teach people in my courses and in my VIP one-on-one -on -one coaching. We learn how to bring all of these different aspects together and implement them into a lifestyle that is truly going to bring vibrancy to you, that is truly going to help you to feel restored in some way to something that you know is missing. So for me, when I started on this journey, uh, gosh, like 20, 25 years ago, one of the first things I noticed is that when I was out in nature on a more regular basis, I started to feel like a more normal person. <laughs> and in my college days, when I was feeling stressed or going through breakups or my body was just feeling off, because that's really when my health problems started, 
I would go out into the Minnesota woods and I would just walk. I would just walk and I would commune with nature. And there was nothing, there was nothing intentional about this. It was literally like a wandering. Like I went wandering, like you hear people going wandering into the desert because they just don't know what else to do with themselves. I was definitely at that point in my life where I just did not know what to do with myself anymore. And I went to nature and nature fed me. It fed me physically, it fed me spiritually, it fed me mentally, it fed me socially <laughs> in so many different ways. That was where it started for me. And so my awakening to Seeds of the Living really started from a perspective of health. I knew my body was not acting the way that it should. It wasn't the way that I had come to trust it being. Things were starting to go awry. And as I went further into my 20s and then into my 30s, I found different wisdom traditions. I found Ayurveda. I found traditional Chinese medicine. You know, I found indigenous traditions. I found traditions that were less disconnected than the world that I was currently existing in. And what I noticed first from those traditions is that they talked a lot about how seasonal lifestyle helps our health. Seasonal lifestyle helps our health. It creates leverage for our health. Now, when I am talking leverage, I use that word a lot. So lever, right? You are taking a longer item to make something that's hard to lift easier to lift. You're using a lever to make the work easier, okay? Staying healthy can be really challenging for a lot of us. I would say for most of us. There's so many things working against us. We have sedentary lifestyles. We're exposed to toxins. We have very high stress levels. And there's just the regular stresses of family life, work life, all of that. Not to mention everything going on in the world. So we have a lot that is that is completely overstimulating to our to our systems and has caused a lot of our regulatory processes in our bodies to be very stressed and very strained and for some of us to go out of regulation to truly cause dis-ease. So what these older traditions teach us is that when we look outside in nature and we start to observe the seasons, that each season has its challenges and each season has its specific leverage points. Okay. So when we know the leverage points for health in each season, and when we know the challenges for health in each season, we can really start to move the bar for ourselves and how we're experiencing living in our human bodies. And it might not seem like there would be that much difference that a person would experience simply by starting to turn on their attention to what's happening around them in nature and then beginning to let their bodies reflect that. But I assure you that there are huge differences to be made. So I have a list here of different things that when you learn how to leverage the seasons for your health, that you can tweak and that you can change. So first of all, we're not the same every day. There's, there's not there. I mean, how often in nature have you seen two days right next to each other that are exactly the same? Even if you're living in a tropical climate where you're not experiencing a lot of seasonal change, that is the same as if you're in a more temperate climate, you are still noticing that in some seasons, certain plants bloom and in some certain seasons, they don't. And you still have a planting season for certain items. And 
you still might have a rainy season and you still might have a dry season. So there is literally not a moment in nature and a day in nature that is the same as the next. But yet, we expect this of ourselves. And it is such a heavy and often unseen expectation that we have for ourselves. We think we're supposed to wake up. We're supposed to be able to do the same things every day for our work. We're supposed to show up the same as a mom or as a dad. We're supposed to be able to show up the same as a friend, as a confidant, as a person that is contributing to their church or their community. And the truth is that we are part of nature. And because of that, we are not going to be able to be the same every single day. And so if we have this expectation of ourselves that we're supposed to be the same every day, what we find is that we are in a heavy and constant shame spiral. And the effect on our mental health for that is profound. If you are never living up to your own expectations of how you're supposed to show up, because your expectation is that you're supposed to show up 100% all the time every day, you are probably feeling really crappy about yourself a lot of the time. And one of the first things I noticed in terms of mental health with the idea of seasonal living is that, oh, there's ebbs and flows in nature. There's times in nature where things are very fast and furious with activity. And there's times in nature where there is deep and almost silent, completely still rest. And all of these things 100% have value. And so when I'm in a season of rest, that 100% has value and has worth. And I am still a worthy person when I am in a season of rest, just as much as when I'm in a season of productivity. So this is the number one thing that I noticed (laughs) starting into health stuff is that I had to really work on my expectations of myself. But as I was able to release those expectations, my sense of self-acceptance started to fill in in areas that I had never been able to achieve self-acceptance, especially with how I felt about my body. And I started to be able to give my body grace for things. And I started to be able to grant my body rest when I needed it. And I started to be able to just really relish those hard workouts when I decided to do them or when they were appropriate for me. And I also am beginning, I'm still working on this, to be able to embrace rest when my body really needs it. So this is a really huge thing. This is a huge leverage point to give yourself is that when you can start to learn to work with the seasons, You learn that you don't have to show up the same every single day. You will show up the best that you are for that day, but not every day is gonna be a peak performance day. And that's huge and that's okay. And nothing in nature performs at peak performance all of the time. Maybe what we need to do is adjust our expectations to say whatever is happening in the season is the peak performance for that season. So I'm looking out at my trees and they're starting to put buds on that's their peak performance for this time of year. Peak performance for summer is going to be putting on fruit. Peak performance for winter is going to be being able to go into that really deep state of rest so that they can replenish and so they can get ready to grow and produce for the next season. So this is a really big leverage point for our health, for our mental health, and also for our physical health, because your mental health, your state of mind is going to create so many rivulets of impact into the rest of your health 
I, I just don't even know how to explain to you when you can make the shifted mindset of ebbs and flows that yes, consistency is important, but consistency is important within a larger framework of a seasonal cycle. Amazing things can happen with your body because you're not so stressed out anymore. Okay, what else can seasonal living teach us in terms of our health? Well, it can teach us when when we are primed to cleanse or to fast. So I have practiced fasting my whole life, cleansing um, consistently on a cellular level for the last six years. And I notice that there are seasons where my body does a better job with that and seasons where it's much more challenging and maybe I should look for other ways to support my body. So the season that we're in right now, for example, spring, is the prime season that Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and indigenous cultures teach us that our body is actually ready to go into a cleansing mode. Our organs of focus are the ones that are the deeply eliminating organs that are ready to release anything that has come from a long winter season, so on and so forth. But then there's going to be other seasons where fasting, cleansing processes are not as accessible to us. There's also different cycles in our bodies that we go through, especially as women, that it's going to be harder to maintain a fast or a cleanse during certain times of the month versus others. And there are physiological reasons for this. So when you can see what's happening in nature, you can take a clue from that. And there's so many things that we can become aware of and that we can notice in nature that teaches us just this one thing. When our body is ready to release or when our body is ready to take in. Okay. Another thing that seasonal living can teach us is how to exercise. There are certain times of the year where it's really beneficial to exercise hard. There are certain times of the year where it's beneficial to practice a certain type of yoga versus another. There are certain times of year where it's more beneficial to exercise in the morning versus the afternoon versus the evening. And there are certain times of the year where we're going to adjust um, not just the intensity of our workouts, but perhaps the completely the type of workouts that we're doing according to the energy levels that we have, the nutrition levels that we have, the amount of rest that we've had, the amount of stress that we might have been under from production, and so on and so forth. When we try to do the same exercise all of the time, what happens? Our muscles figure it out. We need to create that muscle confusion in order to continue to build that lean muscle. The same thing happens on a more meta level with exercise overall. There are sometimes a year where if I go to try to do a hot yoga class, sorry, but it ain't happening. And certain times a year where I try to go do a hot yoga class and it is the biggest blessing to me that I have given myself in a long time. So seasonal living teaches us how, when, and what type of exercise to do and at what intensity. And this is some of the information that these wisdom traditions has been able to pass down to us by being able to maintain a lot of that over thousands and thousands of years. What else does seasonal living teach us? Okay, mindfulness is a big buzzword right now. Mindfulness, mindfulness, mindfulness. (laughs) Uh, What does this mean? It can mean prayer. It can mean intentional living. It can mean paying more attention to what you're doing. It can mean uh, meditation techniques. There's a lot of different things that could fall under the umbrella of mindfulness. There are certain times of the year where longer mindfulness periods are going to be great. 
and certain times of the year where it's going to be much more challenging to have long mindfulness periods because there are other demands. So seasonal living can actually teach us, okay, what time of the day do I want to be doing my meditation practice and what type of meditation practice is going to be most beneficial to me at this time of year? What is going to be going with the flow of nature rather than trying to fight against it? This is a primary principle in seasonal living. It's also a primary principle in permaculture. Interesting. Okay. What else? What types of foods and drinks to be eating? So a lot of us are, are in touch with, some, on some level, the idea of eating seasonally, right? Like you're going to eat more squash in fall because that's what shows up at the grocery store. You're not going to be eating a lot of beautiful greens and berries in the dead of winter. You're probably also not going to be eating tropical fruit in the dead of winter, uh, so on and so forth. A lot of this just comes because of price shopping, honestly. But there is much, much deeper levels with this to explore in terms of how you're eating, what you're drinking, even how you're supplementing according to the season that you're in. There are certain seasons where the body is more primed to take in certain nutrients and do certain things with them. And there are certain times of year where your quality of life will also be impacted by the experience of certain foods, right? Like, I'm sorry, but I just don't want to eat pumpkin in the middle of summer. Like, it just doesn't taste right. It doesn't taste good to me. But late fall, heck yeah, I want to make a Thai pumpkin soup and I'm going to eat, eat it and eat it and eat it because it feels like something that my body is really gaining nourishment from at that time. So lots of layers to explore just within that. And then sleeping patterns. So this is something that um, was really, really revealing to me. I had just finished a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurley, Hurry. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Highly recommend this book. And in this book, he gave a statistic that I had never heard before. I had heard a lot about how humans used to spend a lot more time resting, but he said that before the invention of the light bulb, humans on average slept 11 hours a day, which makes sense. Like you don't have great illumination. You might not have candles to go through the whole winter, staying up all night reading. You might not even have access to books. So it does make a lot more sense to me to think that humans spent a lot more time resting than we do now. But one of the things that you learn in seasonal living, and especially from the traditions of Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, is that there are certain times of year where you really want to give in to long rest periods, and there are certain times of year where you might want to take an afternoon nap, and then there are certain times of year where you might want to be a little bit more moderate with your sleep patterns to allow your body time, um, more time in movement and more time in getting your blood flowing. So all of these things our leverage points in our health, and there's so many more than this, but these are just a few highlights about how learning seasonal living can truly, truly change your health quotient. So if this is something that's interesting to you, I have a couple of free resources for you right now. One is that because we're just past the spring equinox, I always have an equinox or a solstice printable for you to check in with yourself about your goals, priorities, and then also your daily routine, your health routine for the new season that we're entering. So for the spring one, you can go to bit.ly slash spring equinox printable and print that off for free, fill it out, and it's going to give you a lot of tips 
for the season of spring that are going to help you to start start to get in touch with those seasons and increase that health quotient for yourself. The second kind of fun announcement is that I have created a new course. It's an intro to seasonal living course. It includes Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and some aromatherapy. It's got videos and it's got um, handouts for you for those three topics. And it really gives you a foundation for understanding some of the things that we talked about today. Again, this is also free. It used to be a paid course, but I decided to make it free because I feel like this information is so critical for us at this time in history. So in order to access that, you just go to bit.ly slash isla intro, I-S-L-A-I-N-T-R-O, and I'll have all of this information in the show notes. So those two things are going to give you a great start into seasonal living. But if you're ready to go further, I invite you to join us for the full Intuitive and Seasonal Living Academy. There's going to be some information about that right after the end of the podcast, but I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope this information really awakened some questions for you and really provoked some um, inspiration for you as well. And I would love to hear how you are practicing seasonal living in this season. So leave me some comments. I always appreciate those five-star reviews. And don't forget to hit that notification bell if you're watching the vlog. And I will see you next time. So you know that thing that happens around seasonal changes where you just feel wonky and weird and off? Your body is doing weird things. Maybe you're getting colds that you don't normally get. Maybe you're really struggling with your moods and you're feeling like your moods are really up and down and you're frustrated with yourself because you don't know what to do about it. My question for you is what if it doesn't have to be this way? When we learn about elemental medicine and how to take what nature is giving us in each season and use it to leverage ourselves into better well-being, we can sail through seasonal challenges and seasonal changes without these types of difficulties. If this is something that sounds intriguing to you, I invite you to join us for the Intuitive and Seasonal Living Academy. In this academy, you can either take a single season or the full year and experience what Ayurveda, traditional Chinese medicine, and aromatherapy have to teach us about our body, our mind, and our soul. So go over to bit.ly slash all isla, that's bit.ly slash A-L-L-I-S-L-A to join us for the full year or choose a single season that serves your needs. I can't wait to see you in class. Well, everyone, that's our show for today. I am so grateful that you joined us. If you learned something or found yourself inspired, please subscribe to this podcast and rate us well. And if you are interested in even more tips and tricks about holistic living, go to prairiearomatherapy.com and join the Apothecary Inner Circle by using the newsletter bar. Finally, if you found this information of benefit, I would be so thankful if you would share this podcast. I know that together we can help more folks live a holistic lifestyle with ease.